back, everybody, to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. You can find me on X at FF Know It All. You can also email the show directly, know it all fantasy football at gmail.com. I am also on TikTok these days, FF Know It All there as well. And I did want to release this podcast today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Cam Akers trade as well as the Kareem Hunt signing and what this means to the other prospective players that you might have on your teams. Maybe you put in a fab bid or a uh, burned a waiver priority on Jerome Ford, and now you're worried about what this might mean for him. We'll discuss that. I'll give you my thoughts. It's not as ominous as you might believe re- reading Twitter or, or X as it is now. There are so many varying opinions, especially on the hunt thing, but we'll, we'll and we'll break it all down here today. Before we get into any of that, I do want to talk about the sponsor of today's show, and of course, that is Bove Design. If you run a business, an online business, you need a website that is fully functional to meet your business needs. That's where the folks at Bove Design come into play. Let Rob and Company take a look at what you need for your website to make your business more successful. You can find them on Instagram at bove.design, that's B-O-V-E dot design, and let them develop a custom package for you. You will be happy that you did. All right, first we'll tackle the Kareem Hunt situation, and it was quite a wild ride. Monday, uh, or sorry, uh, Tuesday night into yesterday morning, as obviously waivers for most of you clear on a Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning and in the case of my league the League of Goons the main league that I'm in the uh, it's a fab bid so we put bids in and of course the timing of that was 11 a.m. Wednesday now as well you probably all well know news of the hunt signing came down right around 11 a.m. now of course there wasn't anybody that you could say, and that's me included, that didn't see this coming. I absolutely did know that they were going to sign, or at least I had a very, very good feeling about it. He's been there. He knows the system. They're familiar with him, and they had a, a tryout for him when he came in on Tuesday. All those things to me added up to we're bringing Kareem Hunt back. But where I differ from a lot of folks out there is – I do not believe they brought him back to be a featured back in this system. He's 28 years old. He is far removed from the Kareem Hunt that you saw in Kansas City in 2017 and 2018 that was blowing the doors off the New England Patriots and so on and so forth. He's not an explosive player anymore. I'm not going to tell you he's not good for fantasy because that is not the case. So how I see it breaking down in, uh, in Cleveland... Jerome Ford looked good in what I saw. In uh, He looked explosive. He looked fast. He's a bit small. I get that. But in PPR, that's going to help you, I think, in the long run. Now, you might have had the top priority, waiver priority in your league, and you blew it, or I shouldn't say blow it. Um, you used it on Jerome Ford, and now you're thinking, oh, God, did I blow it? No, you did not. You took a chance on a running back that has a strong possibility to finish as a low-end or mid uh, running back two. 
And in this landscape where running backs are dropping like flies, you need to have that on your team if that's what your your team needs. Now, you may have drafted in a situation where you got Christian McCaffrey and then maybe in the second or third round you went running back again and have Joe Mixon. Okay, fine. You have solid running back depth and maybe you have some people on your bench that you're happy with and you don't have to go ahead and do that. But the situation that I had in the League of Goons, I had Alexander Madison and of course we're going to talk about him in a minute and Cam Akers. So I had those two, and we'll talk about him in a minute too. So these, this is what I entered the season with, ironically. Uh, I thought the Rams were just going to run with Akers with Kyron Williams as a backup. I saw nobody really giving Madison a run for his money in uh, Minnesota. Now, of course, I built my team that way. I have strong wide receivers in Amonra St. Brown, Keenan Allen, um, and I picked up Puka Nakua. And I have a uh, the top tight end when he's healthy, and that's Travis Kelsey. I built my team around that. High upside, strong PPR pass catchers. So I said, all right, Madison hasn't looked good the last two, day, two games, and Cam Akers, for all intensive purposes, was not going to play. And my bench doesn't look much better. So I needed to make a move at running back. It's a fab bid. I had $69 left out of a $100 budget. I said, all right, I need this player. I want this player. So I was willing to go as high as $50. It might have, I might have overbid everybody in the league by a lot, and I don't care because now I have a running back that I feel is at least serviceable on a week-in and week-out basis. Where Kareem Hunt comes into play, Kareem Hunt will definitely share time with um, – Jerome Ford, but at the end of the day, he's not going to be a three-down back. He doesn't have that durability. He's older now. Just think of it in terms of this. Do you think Ezekiel Elliott is a three-down back if he goes somewhere and takes over? Um, He's in New England now. Now, Ramondre Stevenson and Jerome Ford are two different players, but the point being, Zeke and Kareem Hunt are the same age. They're both 28 years old. They've both been in the league roughly the same uh, time frame. Zeke has one more year on him, and sure, Zeke got a lot more play in Dallas, and he could have gotten more banged up on the body, but either way, they're both approaching 30 years old. I don't see Kareem Hunt going to be this explosive league-winning player. Jerome Ford probably won't be either, but you need to assess your needs. So if you did use your waiver priority and took Jerome Ford, or if you did uh, use a lot of fab and you have him on your team, don't have buyer's remorse. Don't look to trade him low. Don't panic. See how the Browns try to use utilize them. Deshaun Watson doesn't look like a very good passing quarterback at this stage of his career. I don't see him getting better either. And behind one of the best offensive lines in football, if not the offensive line, best offensive line in football, I think both running backs will give you RB2 high-end flex uh, worthy performances every single week even in the tough matchups coming up so don't don't real don't panic is what I'm basically saying I'm not telling you either one of them is going to be the featured back everything that you've heard Kevin Stefanski say in Cleveland would lend it to they're going to give Ford the opportunity first but it's more of a 60-40 split in my opinion both guys are startable I say Kareem Hunt is more of a high-end flex, low-end RB2, and 
Ford is a mid-range running back too on a weekly basis until I see something different. So you can roll with either one of them. They're both startable. I don't know about this week for Hunt. He may not play this week, so we may get to see what Jerome Ford can do basically on his own before Hunt actually suits up. But maybe he's ready to go and maybe he is in there, and then we will see what they plan to do. Now, on the Cam Akers side of things, I view this a lot differently. And as a Madison, Alexander Madison truther, I guess I guess I, I am in some ways. I've always been a backer of his. I like his the way he plays. I like his tenacity. I'm not going to tell you that I think he's one of the best running backs in football because I don't. But I thought that he was good enough when given the opportunities. And I still think that if he was given more than the abysmal amount of rushing attempts that he was given over the course of the first two weeks, you might have seen a different situation. That is not how Minnesota plays the game. Their defense is so bad that they have to throw the ball. They're great and electrifying when they do throw the ball. Their pass-catching weapons are among the best, if not the best, in the NFL. That's not going to change. Now you have two running backs there. What I think is going to happen, honestly, this week Cam Akers is most likely going to be inactive. He's got to learn the new system. He's got to come in there and and really get acquainted with everybody. Now he does have a uh, he does have a past with Kevin O'Connell, but that doesn't mean that he's just going to step right into a featured back role. But I do believe that if Madison doesn't start to turn things around, this might be his audition for the job here. So watch this very closely if you're a Madison owner and if you're an Acres owner because Madison's performance on Sunday is going to, I think, dictate what happens moving forward. If Madison is underperforming again for the third straight game, then you're going to have to look at it as, okay, maybe they're bringing Cam Akers in as a replacement. Minnesota's 0-2. This is a team that's built to win. Their quarterback isn't getting any younger. They can, with the right pieces, even though their defense is bad, their offense can keep them in games and they can win games against uh, good teams. They might feel that they have a playoff push in them, but they need to do something now. So watch this very closely. I own, like I said, I own both Cam Akers and Alexander Madison on one team. So I'm just, obviously, I didn't drop Akers. I kept him until I figured out where he was going to go. I don't know how happy I am that he is actually in Minnesota. But I guess if I have Alexander Madison and the guy that might replace him, it's better than not having him. So, uh, like I said, I view it a lot different. If you're the Madison owner, you need to watch this very closely and watch your waiver wire for guys that you might be able to pick up to kind of put in there. If for any reason Cam Akers was dropped, he was dropped in a couple of leagues I'm in, and he might still be available to pick up, you might have to wait for waivers to clear. Grab him if you can. Now, on the, the wider scope of this, what I think and feel is going on here in the NFL, and it's a trend that we really, really need to pay attention to as fantasy owners, and that is the fact that the... Bell cow running back is really, really quickly becoming a thing of the past for several reasons. And and this has happened before, but not to this degree. We've lost three bell cow, potential bell cow running backs this year, four if you count Cam Akers. So follow me through this, okay? You had, obviously, uh, Nick Chubb in Cleveland. Now, he was lost to injury, unfortunately. And, I, you know, we all wish him well. I hope it's not a career ender. I really do. I hope we see him back on a football field next season. But 
in any regard. He was the featured back there, and now it's going to be a committee of some sort, I believe, between Ford and Hunt. Alexander Madison, yeah, he he really was getting 80% of the work up there, maybe more. Ty Chandler hadn't figured into things yet. Now it's going to be some sort of committee possibly between him and Cam Akers. Cam Akers' old team, the Rams. They now have a bell cow running back there. So they we picked up one. But Damian Pierce in Houston, he's splitting more than you really want him to do. And, yeah, it, it's not looking great there either. So that, that just leaves Christian McCaffrey. He's fine. Uh, Derrick Henry, to, he's fine for now. But I do like uh, Tajay Spears as a speculative ad. If you can add him, add him because Henry's already banged up, so you might actually get some use out of him at some point. Uh, you lost Saquon Barkley, so we don't know for how long. You don't know. Matt Breida is not a three-down back, so you're going to have, obviously, Gary Brightwell is going to figure into that equation in New York. Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook in New York, they're splitting time. You got the the three-headed monster really in Chicago. It's not very good, but that is what it is. So these these bell cow running backs are really getting to be a thing of the past, and this is a trend that's going to continue. So in PPR and half PPR leagues, until you hear any differently, until the league either changes, shifts, or just doesn't do it anymore – you should target wide receivers earlier than running backs. Now, that's not to say you don't grab Christian McCaffrey early in the in the draft. He's proven time and time again that that is what you do. But take Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, these injuries, Jonathan Taylor on the pup list, the list goes on. These guys are not necessarily worth that high draft capital. But you have Jefferson, of course, Tyreek Hill. These guys are. C.D. Lamb, he'll be fine. Um, you got uh, Debo Samuel, I think will be okay too, although he was taken later on in like the third round. But Stefan Diggs, he's fine. Really, the lesson to be learned here is go with wide receivers early in those pass catching you know, PPR and half PPR. If you're still, unfortunately, playing in a standard league, I don't know what else to tell you other than don't. They're terrible. Finding wide receivers that are serviceable in that league, are it's horrible. I don't enjoy it, and I, I honestly just won't do it anymore. But having said that, my feeling on these players is pretty much uh, what it is. Now, before we end today, I want to really quickly go uh, give you a preview of tonight's game. And that, of course, is the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants. We talked about Matt Breida, so let's start on the Giants' side of the ball. San Francisco is one of the best defenses in the NFL, especially against the run. Barkley is out. Breida's not great anyway. If you picked him up, hopefully he's just bench fodder for you. But if you're forced to start him, like an opponent of mine in one of my leagues, then you just got to hope that he gets in the end zone. He's not, I don't think he's going to compile a lot of runs. He might actually catch some passes, which might help as well. So he might get you 8 to 10 fantasy points in this game. And if he gets in the end zone, that could be a 16 spot. I fully expect it to happen against me. So if you have Matt Breida, take that for what it's worth. Daniel Jones, he should be able to throw the ball, but I wouldn't look for a performance like last week. I'd sit him if you could. Um, I'm not starting a single wide receiver in that core, but Darren Waller is a top five tight end. Start him with confidence as long as he doesn't get hurt. And the Giants' defense, 
they're not they're not good. So you you're not starting them against a 49er offense that is firing on all cylinders. Hop on to the other side of the ball. You start a whole lot of players here. Um, Debo, you're starting as a wide receiver two flex option, possibly wide receiver one if Ayuk is out. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. And uh, Brandon Ayuk, he's questionable. He may start. He may play. But if you can sit him, I would sit him because he might be just out there as a decoy or he might not be at 100%. And you don't want to start out Thursday with a goose egg from a player that's playing injured. I've done it. It sucks. George Kittle could see an uptick here. You're starting him, obviously, as a top eight tight end. But he might actually have a pretty good game here. I kind of like him uh, almost as a start of the week even. I like him a lot. So, yeah, fire up your George Kittle. Brock Purdy is a fine streaming option if you've lost Joe Burrow or if you're worried about Lamar Jackson. Now, there are some quarterbacks that we just don't know if they're going to play, like Anthony Richardson, for example. But this is a good, if he's on your waivers, you can pick him up now and start him tonight if that's something that you want to do. And he's you could pencil him in for 18 to 22 fantasy points, so he's not going to torpedo your team. If you need a caretaker for one week, there you go. You, you, he shouldn't put up a three spot for you. He's not going to kill you. Christian McCaffrey, obviously you're going to start. So we're, we're not even going to entertain a thought of doing anything but that. The defense, special teams against the Giant offense, absolutely fire them up without worry. The uh, one other person I want to talk about here, he should be rostered in 100% of leagues, and that, of course, is is Elijah Mitchell. If anything ever happens to Christian McCaffrey, Mitchell will be the guy. So and he's done it before for this team, and he may not be the most dynamic player in the in the business, but he will be an RB1, and it won't even be close. So make sure you're stashing him on your bench if you have room. If you are the McCaffrey owner, handcuffs are rare these days, but he is an essential handcuff. Handcuff that guy. So Elijah Mitchell should be on benches in 100% of leagues. Well, that'll do it for today's podcast. I will release one either tomorrow or early Saturday morning updating you on the injuries. So we'll get up to hopefully up to the minute injuries on who's in and who's out. And I'll preview each game uh, as far as, like I said, the injuries go. And we'll do like we did today with the Giants 49ers and do starts and sits. And if there are any cuts, we'll talk about that as well. And I will also give you starts of the week at every position. So Look forward to that. Um, it might post tomorrow. It might post Saturday morning. But if you haven't already subscribed, subscribe to the podcast so you get all the alerts of the new stuff when it does come out. So I want to thank you for listening. Thank everybody for the support that I get on a daily basis. You guys keep doing everything you do to dominate not only your lives, but your fantasy leagues. I'll catch you guys next time.